What's up, everybody? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hold My Bread. This is a little different because I, as always, am Matt Backus, but Joel is not here today. Joel had surgery on his knee because he's an athlete, and he is going to be out for the next couple weeks. So I have a guest host, uh, one of my very good friends, somebody I uh, am very, very happy to have on the show, Ari Finling. Ari, hello. Hi. I mean, I don't want to call Joel out as being some sort of fraud. But I'm not sure the connection between having knee surgery and not being able to talk into a microphone, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's in the Caymans stashing money. That's where I think he is. Well, it's hard for Joel to put his foot in his mouth when he can't get his knee up there. So bang, bang, boom. Welcome to morning radio. Um, yeah, so I uh, actually today, this episode, normally we update the show portfolio. We let the audience know what we're working with, but I do not have the. Uh, login information i'm not i'm not privy to that information so i mean that let's just I, again i you know i haven't listened to the pod in a while uh you know i don't want you to get upset about that but i will just say i do not think it is a good thing that both hosts of a financial podcast do not have the login information to the account i mean i agree i've messaged him a couple times and been like can you send it to me and uh it hasn't gotten to me so do you think it's a weird coincidence that Joel just happens to need some time off from the podcast in th- at the same time when you're trying to log into the account? Something is suspect. You think Joel's uh, running away with our, <laughs> with our meager gains? I think Joel's either in the Caymans or Vegas or Reno, but he is on the lamb for sure. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Michigan losing that game the other night did not help Joel's chances. I, as soon as Michigan lost, I was like, we might not see Joel for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm right there with you. My, I, I, I'm an Indiana boy and it's just, we're terrible. So yeah. Well, we got that new coach. That's exciting. So, um, yeah, I, um, I I had a, I had $20 to win a hundred that Michigan will win everything. And I was feeling good the whole tournament. And I was like, I'll just watch. That's the first game I watched. And then they lost. And I was like, well, I shouldn't be paying attention to anything. Yeah. I mean, that's the rule of betting you bet and you don't watch. That's... Well, did I tell you what happened? The podcast is probably tired about hearing about this, but I didn't. I didn't tell you this. When I was in Indiana last time, I put twenty dollars down on an eight-part parlay, and I won eleven hundred dollars. An eight-part, an eighteen parlay. Eight. Par- it won... was an eighteen parlay in hockey. You don't. You've never even seen a hockey game. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Without answering this question, how many guys are on the ice at one time? Uh, six, eight, six. Matt, <laughs> seven. I think it's eight. <laughs> All right, so we got there eventually. Yeah, I truly don't know. I went to one hockey game. My ex girlfriend. No, I think it's we- twelve. 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 What's 12, a power 12. play? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was insane. I was like sitting there watching, and it hit. So like I said, the the uh, the podcast host or the podcast has already heard about it, but you hadn't heard about it, and I know you would appreciate it. So yeah, I love. I mean, I honestly love uh, as much as I love people winning money. I love losing money gambling stories. Those are my favorite. Yeah, I don't know if I have. I mean, I've been lucky. Not, knock on wood. I've been oh, lucky. I don't. Not... I don't have any losing gambling. No, stories. I do, but I don't have any that are good. I don't have any where it's like I've lost a bunch or I've like, you know, come close. I've either lost or not lost. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's your best gambling story that you've heard? That I've heard. 
I heard, uh, I know a story about a guy who stole $5,000 from his company's. Yeah, have you ever seen the movie Empire Records? No. Okay. Well, it, it's, it's very similar to the plot of Empire Records. A guy, he worked at like a clothing store in the city. He stole $5,000 from the register at the when he was closing the store, went down to AC to gamble it, you know, assuming, you know, he's a pretty efficient gambler who did pretty well. Uh, went down to AC that night and was going to put the $5,000 back the next morning and lost it all and got fired, sued the whole the whole night. Yeah, I mean, that's like a yeah, that is like a plot. If you were to explain it to me, I'd be like, oh, that sounds like the plot of a movie. I mean, it is. the If you've seen the movie, if anyone's seen the movie Empire Records, it's the exact plot of Empire Records. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, I get stressful enough losing my own money, but losing the money that you've stolen has got to be a next level of uh, anxiety and stress. Oof. I mean, I used to I don't I don't steal per se. Let me let's just say I don't steal. But what I did used to do when I was a kid is I would go through my parents closet into their jackets and I would look in their pockets for money and I would steal that and gamble it on blackjack at school. You played you played blackjack in school. Oh, guy, we played blackjack. Do you know what CeeLo is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that's the dice Cee-Lo. game, right? That's the that's the dice game. Very famous in Jay Z lyrics, you know. Uh, and we would play blackjack and CeeLo for like a quarter, fifty cents a buck. And uh, I mean, my my high school, we we uh, our women's girls basketball coach at my high school got in a lot of trouble. Because me and my friends would go to all the girls basketball games and gamble on the games and the coach would make the lines for us. Oh my God. Before the game, he'd go like, like, like he'd look up to us in the stands and go like plus eight. And we would sit, we would like gamble on the game and the coach (laughs) got in serious trouble. And then I I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, say that gambling is a gateway to other things. He got in trouble for this gambling thing, got in a lot of trouble with the school board. Then a couple of years ago, had sex with a student underage. So oh, listen. What, do you, what did he say? What did he make the line on that one? Huh? Plus seven. It was a plus seven. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, it's funny. Yeah. He said CeeLo. I played CeeLo the other night with a, bo- with a guy in a bodega. Matt, what is this life? I mean, you look like the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. You're playing CeeLo in a bodega. <laughs> It was very funny. We were playing at the counter and somebody would come up to buy stuff. And I mean, we, I just have to step to the side and like uh, and wait. And then he'd break the dice out again. I think the dice. Yeah, sure. No, no, you can buy your high shoes. I'm just I'm just losing money to this. Yeah. Uh, Guatemalan man. I did lose. I lost about five dollars. Uh, I think the dice were loaded. I think they were cheating. I think he had like some wacky ass dice. I didn't trust it. They were green and red. It was suspect. OK, listen. I'm not above a, a, a bodega man cheating you out of $5. It was fun, though. We had a good time. You know, he was talking mad, uh, mad Yang. So it was fun. Um, damn, I had something I was going to tell you. Something you said reminded me of a story I was going to tell you. Now I can't remember what it is. Shit. Oh, well. Well, um, so how are you? Uh, how are you? I guess we should talk finance. We, we're loosely talking finance. Gambling doesn't really count as finance. Um, I mean, it does in this day and age. Right. That is true. Uh, have you, uh, have, are you still in, you and I wrote out the GameStop thing together. Uh, are you still in on GameStop? I'm still in. Um, I cashed out, you know, you and I were 
we, we probably talked five or six times a day for that like three week crazy crazy span right and i got nervous uh about halfway through i cashed out about 10 shares at like gar like i lost like two grand but i got i got scared that it was gonna go bail i mean this was you and i were on the phone and it was like a hundred and then two seconds later 50 and i was like i was scared i cashed out right then i i saw go going back up when it kind of plateaued at around 50 and i I bought back in so i'm probably down about two thousand dollars in game stock and still have maybe five grand in and i don't feel good about it but i'm I, as I told you when we started, I'm committed to losing around five thousand dollars in this um, experiment because that's what it. I mean, it's a gamble, but it's an experiment to see the power of the internet against these massive, massive conglomerates in the fight eye industry. Right. Are you? Uh, have you been checking Wall Street bets at all? I still check. I mean, I still check them every day, and uh, I've seen every day they're posting updates on the GameStop stuff. And I just saw something last night that was like. GameStop is going to hit 500 in the next couple of weeks or something. I, I mean, I just don't know what to expect anymore. I, I feel like when we were first going through all this, a lot of the stuff I was reading on there, it seemed more, I don't know if solid is the right word, but now it feels like they're just trying to will this into existence. And I know that's kind of what happened in the first place, but now it really feels like they're trying to like make it happen. Sure. I mean, it's easy to trust due diligence when the stock is doing well. You know, it's like when the stock is going up, you believe everything anybody's telling you because, you know, you have proof in the pudding. Right. Uh, you know, when the stock is, is plateauing or decreasing, it feels like willing it into existence. But the thing that you need to trust, and again, I'm talking out of my own ass. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But the thing you, the thing, uh, if you're in on GameStop or in on any of these, uh, you know, crazy retail investments is, do you believe in the social experiment and the power of the internet in that never before the, the reason why these hedge, the reason why the whole short, uh, uh, the ability to short stocks exists is because these firms believe that outside of fundamentals, there's no possibility for a stock to go up. I mean, they don't like when you short a position, you don't believe in true supply and demand outside of the fundamentals so what this is proving is that no matter what the fundamentals are if you get enough people to do anything you can move mountains and that's true not just of the finance industry that's true of look at what happened this summer with uh all the black lives matter protests i mean if you get enough people together to do anything you can achieve a common goal and that's what this whole kind of experiment is Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, I think that's what scared a lot of people about it, too, is just the fact that like it obviously everyone talks about how it showed that the market is like it's all fake and all this stuff is, you know, manipulation and all that stuff. And it's just like the wrong people, quote unquote, were manipulating things. I think that's why people are so scared about it is it really shook the lies that people had told themselves about what the market really is and how it's real and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I have never been a guy not just in finance in my whole life i've never been a guy like there's there's a, a corporate elites who are manipulating things that i i've never been that kind of person with that kind of glass half empty mindset but i've also never been in the situation where i've experienced it and being in this experiment has 
opened my eyes to a little bit of that, that there is 100% people at the top who are manipulating things to take advantage of the people in the middle and the people at the bottom. The question is, is do the good guys, you and I, win in the long run or is corporate greed and corporate dominance proved to be the only thing that really matters? Right. Well, I mean, I, I've never invented and I've never invested in a company that doesn't that I believe doesn't have good fundamentals. Right. This is the first time you're the, you're the very you're a very logical, very. I mean, I remember whenever I would ask you about things, you're always the person I go to that like you have your feet on the ground. You're very like logical about this stuff. So this goes against everything that I feel like I know you to be as far as an investor, because this doesn't I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's just cr- crazy. So. Um, well, you would you would tell me about all like you, you were telling me about Wall Street bets five years ago. And I was like, you're fucking stupid. Why are you wasting time on, the, all, you know, all these like because I'm a long guy. I don't I, there's very few things that I have short positions on. And I don't mean short in the I'm shorting. I meaning tight time frame windows. Right. I, I'm I'm long on everything. So the idea of just going short on something let alone going short on something with bad fundamentals is a, a foreign idea to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I remember it's crazy. Cause I think about, do you remember like this happened before the GameStop thing really even popped off? I sent you a bunch of stuff about Blackberry why I thought Blackberry was good. And then within a couple weeks later, I mean, Blackberry was in the, the running with AMC and GameStop where people were talking about it. Like it was going to just jump out. I thought that was, that's one of the things where I was like, okay, I think I might be onto something here because uh, that's that was a bit wild. That was the first time I really hit on something that I was like, oh, okay, this could be this could be something. Yeah, I mean, I'm late to the party on all of those fun retail investments on Reddit, but it is definitely more exciting to be in these stocks than in the stocks that I'm usually in, which are boring. You know, I'm in fuck. I'm I am deep in index. I, you know, I I'm the Warren Buffett model where I'm just deep and deep and deep in fucking index funds and companies that have you know the best fundamentals. Um, just because it's you know I'm getting double or triple what a savings account or a mutual fund would get me. Right. That's kind of one of the reasons that we that I at least started investing is because if you there is a way to do it where it's like it is just. Cause I was like, you know, I've never had a ton of money until, uh, I, I still don't have a ton of money, but you know, I've never had like, yeah, I was about enough- to say, I'm looking at your room. You don't have a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, even think that's, is that a comforter with no duvet over it? That's a, uh, that's just a sheet. Oh, even worse. I mean, there's not even a blanket. Where's well, the blanket? <laughs> Matt, where's your blanket? I, I don't, it's too hot. I don't need a blanket. I like I to sleep an air like- conditioner. I think you need an air conditioner is what you need. Oh, you don't have a window in your room. I don't have a window in my room. Listen, do people know about this about you or no? Yeah, I think we talked about it a couple times on the podcast. Okay, all right. I mean, you know, you gotta you you want to have a lot of money, you can't afford a window. You know, I, I it that, all listen, started with this. That's room. what Warren Buffett eats the same meal from McDonald's every single day to save money. So listen, you're in line with him. I look at it this way. It's almost like a domino effect. You know, I saved a lot of money by living in this room and then I was able to save that money and then flip that money into my stock stuff. And by 
living in a windowless room that allowed me to have more money to play with on the GameStop thing, which made me able to maximize my profit. So it's all about cutting corners in, in places. Uh, and that you uh, shouldn't cut corners in a hundred percent. I mean, listen, I lived in 200 square feet with my wife for eight years to save money. So I get it. I'm totally on board. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, use, I, I don't have a, a blanket. My but. girlfriend won't stay over because she says I don't have enough blankets. Of course, not Matt, 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 Matt. Not only do you not have enough, you don't have any. Okay, so <laughs> well, you need more than a run. sheet. What am I, the queen? What am I, a king? I need, I need multiple blankets. I got a sheet. Cover me with a sheet, like they do a dead body. Yeah, I mean, you're just a, you're a, a corpse. I made my a, bed. It's made. Matt, you don't have a, you don't have a blanket. That's not made. You can't make a bed without a blanket. Okay, that's just <laughs> then, an empty bed. If a sheet is not a blanket, you're going to sit here and look me in the face and tell me a sheet is not a blanket. Yes. Matt, what is a sheet our, if our friendship ends because you refuse to admit that a sheet is not a blanket, I am fine with that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, uh, what if I had a duvet cover? Fine. Over a sheet? Yeah. That would just be two sheets. A duvet <laughs> is just a duvet, is, duvet cover is just a sheet. With snip uh, with buttons on it. Ah, oh, damn it! I thought a duvet cover would really change my life. No, no. What, what's a blanket then, Matt? I mean, are these is this? I have not listened in a while, but is this where your listeners are at? That you're just explaining what blankets are? <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 part of our investment strategy, the blanket strategy. Listen, maybe you get. Speaking of blankets, are we invested in Bed Bath and Beyond? What are we doing here? Come Should on. we be? Why? What's the no, Beyond? I don't. Of them? Beyond is uh, I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I, I'm kind of out of the uh, uh, retail sector. I was in for a long time because I worked in the retail sector for years and years and years. And yeah, I, I still have, think about you when I walk by an abandoned Models. Yeah, what a fucking shithole that place was. I mean, uh, I I've I've uh, closed all of my positions. On everything, on every retail stock, except I think I have a little bit of Dick Sporting Goods left, but I I've gotten rid of them all. They're boring. They, it's a dying industry. Right. It doesn't seem like there's much upside there to be had, uh, especially these days. With I mean, even before coronavirus, it didn't seem like it was something that was sustainable. No, I mean Amazon is just sucking the life out of every brick and mortar retail establishment. What do you think about this tech thing that's going on right now? I feel like a lot of tech is in a huge slump. Um, I find it hard to believe that it's a, um, it's like a drastic drop, you know, a forever drop. You know, it seems like the market is like forever right sizing for the last year and will continue for the next 18 months. So I don't really believe that any dip outside of retail brick and mortar sector, any dip is uh, a cause for concern because the modern uh, stock market, meaning post 1970, has never experienced whatever the fuck we've been doing for the last year. Right. So it doesn't nothing. It doesn't really scare me um, at all. Right. I'm not concerned either. I mean, if you look, look at the, I mean, tech is not going away. It's not like it's retail. Tech is not a dying industry. It's only getting more and more powerful. It's only becoming more and more relevant. No, I, like, again, I don't think, 
you know, I, I don't even, if you looked at like an index, like an index fund of, you know, the tech sector, I don't even think you're 50% of what the market cap of the tech sector is going to be in 15 to 20 years. I mean, we have no idea how much is going, like what the future of that market is going to be. Like, that's the stuff that I really like to invest in now is markets that are either emerging now or have not even emerged for the next five to 10 years. That's the stuff that I really like to invest in. I think, yeah, I think that's just really interesting. And we've talked, I don't know, maybe you can, maybe you have a thought on this, but we talked about this before. Uh, I think it was around the time when Biden got elected, maybe, but about how clean energy, uh, it sounds crazy. And I've done a little bit of research on it, but nuclear energy is supposed to be like a potential play in the future for cleaner energy. And so I was looking at uranium stocks. Have you heard anything about that at all? Do you have any opinion on that? I mean, from an, uh, from a high level, I, I know nothing about uranium stocks, which, you know, just on its face sounds like a, a crazy thing, right? Yeah. Oh, but, for sure. But from a, a, a high level, clean energy emerging market that we don't even fully understand financially yet because it does not exist at a federal level. Uh, so I don't have a specific stock yet that I would say, okay, go after play, toss a thousand dollars in, but it is free money. Essentially, whatever you're investing in is probably free money because the whole sector doesn't fucking exist. I mean, the three things that I am investing in for the next 15 years are clean energy, pot stocks and gambling. So I know we were teasing about it earlier, but it's like all three of those markets have publicly traded companies right now, mm -hmm. but the market doesn't exist. I mean, marijuana is not legal at the federal level. Gambling is not legal at the federal level. Clean energy is not invested in at the federal level in a substantial way. I think we're like under 10% of our national energy comes from clean energy. So these are essentially, to my, in my mind, it's all free money. Right. Well, it's funny you say that too because let's see, I'm I'm looking it up right now. We because DraftKings was a uh, company we were invested in for the on the podcast for a while, and we like bought it and then we sold it and then it dipped. We bought back in for more. So DraftKings is at sixty two forty eight right now. Um, I'm waiting for. I mean, hopefully, I'm hoping. The uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but. You know, the whole the, the gambling virtually, it's very interesting to me that you can gamble in New York, but it has to be done in person. We've talked about this on the podcast probably too much. Our listeners are probably tired of hearing about it. But it's interesting to me that, you know, it's like very much like the pot stocks where New Jersey, right across the river, you can um, you can go. Why do you gamble. think I moved to New Jersey, guy? I mean, like there were, when I was living in New York, I would walk. There were times me and my friend Dave would walk across the George Washington Bridge until we were legally in. New Jersey to place bets on the DraftKings app. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, I don't doubt that at all. I've heard stories about um, friends of mine that are like, they take the train over and then they place their bets. They take the train back. I mean, it's just, it does it. So it's like, to me, that's the next step for, they're already going to take a chunk out of the, out of the legal weed from New Jersey. Now they need to get, get with the gambling because it's just so crazy to me. 
And I get that. I've heard the whole theories of like, because people are working from home and people are more isolated that they think gambling on your phone is more dangerous or whatever, which I, I can understand that. I see that. But it's also like... It's their money. Who cares? It's my money to piss away if I want to piss right. away. Right. And it's like... You know, it's the like government alcohol, doesn't like- have any problem us pissing money on alcohol or cigarettes or whatever. Right. Like their incentive is tax revenue. So why not legalize it? You're giving billions of dollars away to the black market with drugs and gambling right it's free money right look if you want to know uh the impact of marijuana stocks or uh pot stocks look at the balance sheet so people know or don't know i don't know but the federal budget does not have to be balanced okay so we can run at a deficit which is why you know we are in a, an insane deficit. You, we can argue economics about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we are like $3 trillion in, in the deficit. States have to balance their budgets. It's in the constitution, okay? So every state has to have net equal or net positive. They can't be negative. Right. So whatever money they're bringing in, they can't, they can't give out more money than they're bringing in. So if you look at states that have recently legalized pot, like Massachusetts or Colorado, or states that have just recently legalized gambling, like New Jersey uh, and um, Michigan, their balance sheets are crazy. I mean, the, the amount of tax revenue that has occurred, and that is at the state level. So imagine people who don't even know that your state is legal because they're not paying attention. That's when it becomes federally legal, you're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars in tax revenue and just market cap growth that doesn't exist yet. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm hoping that that's the next move. I, 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 I don't think I, I definitely don't think I I've, I've been lucky enough to be successful somewhat at gambling and all that. And I, I don't think it's a problem, but I'm so excited about the potential of like, it's just much more enjoyable for me to watch a sports game. If I just put $5 on it, it's just $5. Yeah. It's just five bucks. It's now, it doesn't even need to be a dollar. You know, like the micro gambling is it makes it's not just going to improve the, the gambling market. It's going to improve the the bar, the uh, bar and restaurant industry, because they're going to be able to get into it a little bit. They're going to potentially have small little sports books in their uh, locations the uh telecom business like like if you look at what espn is doing they've made a massive shift in the last five years it used to be like uh borderline illegal to mention a line for a game on espn they couldn't even say it now they have hours of programming dedicated to gambling right that's a good point i do remember there was a switch all of a sudden that you started seeing DraftKings logos and i remember the first time i i checked like the espn app to look at this you know look at this when a game was coming up with the pacer and they had like the line on there like the plus and mine and you know all that i was it was crazy because like you said it was borderline illegal for them to even mention it uh and it was so taboo they didn't even want to be part of it and now it's like a thing where they're like all right well this is clearly happening so so what are your your gambling stocks that you're in on or what well, we I've been look. I think I'm big on DraftKings. I've only ever used DraftKings. Uh, I know FanDuel is out there. Um, so we bought DraftKings when it was like in the 30s or 40s, and then we got it up to in the mid 50s. We sold it. It dipped again. It's at 63 now. Uh, because I, I think DraftKings is backed by. 
and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think I am. DraftKings is backed by Disney in some way. Like Disney, I think Disney owns a bunch of stock in DraftKings. Hmm. So DraftKings for me, if, you know, again, this is not financial advice, but for me, if I was going to pick a, a gambling stock to go for, it would be DraftKings because I have had the most success with them uh, and not just winning, but just like the app is, is nice. It's intuitive. It's fun to use. It's good to look at. Um, plus, if you look at the people that are backing DraftKings, it's people that don't lose. Like? Like Disney. I don't think Disney is going to get behind something. That's I don't know. Gonna... Did you did you see Toy Story 4? I mean, just... Okay. I mean, I checked I out a Toy Story after Toy Story 2, I think, you know? Yeah. I'm not gonna, but you know, it's a cash machine. The, the Disney's a cash machine. They got Marvel pumping out shit. They got Star Wars pumping out shit. They got the Simpsons. I mean, the only reason I have Disney Plus is because of the Simpsons. They they know what they're doing. Yeah. No, I like I like DraftKings. I I got I'd say I got in a little late, late comparatively of DraftKings, but again, I think that whatever DraftKings is at now is uh, think about if they're at sixty three dollars now, and there's only six states. I don't know how where the the uh, legal gambling state count is at, but there's it's not even the majority of the country. Right, it's like it's six about, or seven. I mean, two, three, five times what this is going to be in 10, 15 years when this is federally legal. I got, I did get in really early. I got in the, bef- I was in Penn Gaming before the Barstool announcement, and that has just been a pure fucking cash cow. I mean, insane growth i mean i got in i got in pen gaming at uh um hold on hold is, on wait so is pen gaming the uh is that that's different than the DraftKings thing different pen or, gaming, i mean not DraftKings. sorry the um barstool thing so pen gaming is a uh a gambling uh company that they have um physical locations casinos then they also had a digital gambling platform like DraftKings. Then they rebranded the Penn Gaming platform as Barstool Sportsbook. So, wow, dude, yeah, a year ago they were at thirteen dollars a year ago. Right. So I was in at fifteen bucks, and now they're up to uh, one hundred six seventy two. Yeah, one hundred six. Holy I shit! Mean, and again. Whatever gambling stock you want to get into, may it does not matter. I mean, pick it, just throw a dart at gambling stocks right now. Again, not this is not financial advice, but it's not even legal in all 50 states. These the growth you're going to see is nuts. It is, you're absolutely right. It does remind me, but it also makes me nervous because I feel like. I feel like we've talked about this a couple times is that, you know, marijuana stocks aren't it's not legal at the federal level it becomes legal state by state and everyone expects the big pop to come and it never comes i don't i think i saw this joke on twitter that it was legalized in new york and all the pot stocks slid uh it doesn't make any sense because the 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 flipping of this it's not a flipping of the switch because like Marijuana was legalized in New Jersey in January, okay, or in November on the in the November election, okay. For and they, it was legal. It be, it got voted on in November. It was legal in January. It still doesn't exist to purchase in New Jersey, and I live in New Jersey. It takes time to grow the infrastructure of a business that doesn't. You know, imagine 
you can't just build a, a bridge, a literal bridge overnight. It takes time to build a bridge. Right. So just because something is said, okay, we voted, it's legal. You're not going to see a, a growth overnight. It's the, 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 the fallacy of GameStop has ruined everybody's concept of making money. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, well, why haven't I gained 50% overnight? It's like, this is not like, this is an unheard of thing that happens. Right. It's poisoned everyone's brain. That's a good point. You're absolutely right. Because I guess I, and people don't, I mean, you can now smoke, you know, pot outside, um, but it's going to take them a couple years to start building and getting licenses for stores. And uh, you know, they're going to open up. Like I know Denver has these like, weed bars it's like those are going to probably be in in manhattan at some point but that's just going to take you know a year or two for them to even do so i guess that is that's a good point but yeah and until again even though it you can have all 50 let's say uh, i'm making up numbers here because i i don't have i don't i didn't look at any of the fundamentals but let's say the market cap for marijuana at, at all 50 states individually mandated is five billion dollars let's just make up a number right that's not even when it's legal at the federal level when it's legal at the federal level you're talking growth even on top of the 50 states being legalized at the state level because you can then trade marijuana theoretically we could trade and sell marijuana as an export of our national gdp oh interesting the other thing that what people don't understand about marijuana is the impact it's going to have on our uh, immigration policy and our uh, our uh, southern border. Because as we legalize marijuana, less and less drugs get trafficked over the southern border from Mexico. Because if we're... if you know, marijuana is X percent of the total drugs trafficked over the border. They're not going to want to smuggle heroin and coke and fentanyl if they can't sell a moneymaker like pot. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. Yeah. That is a funny thing that I don't really think about. Honestly, I've been smoking less pot lately. And but that is the thing I've thought about where it is like I buy my I buy it from a guy that lives down the block from me. Where does he buy it from? Where does that guy buy it from? Like, where does it you know, I look at it. I'm like, how far is this traveled to get here? Where is it? Is it from California? Is it from Denver? Is it from is it from Mexico? I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I can't even if I that's why I don't smoke pot that I don't purchase in a um, in a uh, dispensary because I a it could touch hands a thousand times or there could be shit in it that I like. I won't even smoke that kind of pot anymore. Right. Uh, it is nice. I mean, I do like the prospect of, I mean, Denver's so far ahead of everything when it comes to this is I, that's, I like going to Denver to do shows, but it's so fun to go into Denver and you go into a store and it's all set up nicely. And it's just like so clean and like just even the weed itself is clean. It smells clean. It's just, it's so much better. It's such a better experience. It would be an interesting thing. And again, if I, if I have time or I co-host this again with you, it would be really interesting to look at the, at the Colorado, the impact of marijuana on the, you know, the Colorado as a state 
or Massachusetts as a state and see if you can find a way to extrapolate that about what that would mean to the actual national conversation for marijuana and either revenue growth or tax growth, something like that. That yeah. would be an interesting kind of case study. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we can try and work on that for next week. No I mean, pressure. Let's not, but... let's not promise our. I mean, know, that's I... not, you know, we're not making promises. I said, maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow, I mean, maybe next week, maybe, I'm maybe tomorrow get, I'll I'm go get a blanket. Get I'm going to get high tonight. I can't really be given homework when I'm. Yeah, I, it's Thursday. I don't give homework on, on weekends, so it's OK. okay. Um, all right. Well, I think that's that's good. We recorded that went that flew by. Um, do you have anything you'd like to uh, you'd like to plug or promote or tell anybody about? You're going to be you got some shows coming up. I'm coming to hang. Uh, oh, yeah. when? Oh, Friday, Friday. Yeah. Friday back indoors. My first stand up back indoors in a in a year at stand up new york nine o'clock you're there saturday right yeah i'm saturday at seven o'clock saturday at seven support live comedy uh what else do i oh i have a new i have a new business venture can i tell it to you yeah, please okay hold on we love business this is a okay. podcast about business all right so i had this idea again it's really stupid okay but i had can you hear me yeah. I had this idea for these uh, uh, a a book idea. All right. Uh -huh. So I, I I've I've uh, it's a business that I'm I'm gonna do on Amazon and and I think social media, but I'm writing these books. Okay. So here's here's book number one. <laughs> all right so the funny. book the book yeah. is called how to live with a 12 inch penis how i learned to embrace my monster dong That's book <laughs> wait one. how did you get that where did you get that made that looks so real it is what do you mean is and then this this book book two this is called how to cheat on your partner and get away with it a how to <laughs> guide for adultery this is you know a beautiful book uh and then uh this this book's called Things I shoveled into my mouth today. These are these are great. Right. So they're 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 they they look like books, right? They look like books, like real books, but inside they're just notebooks. So they're like funny. They're like notebooks with a funny cover, and uh, I don't have to print. I don't print any of them. I just go through Amazon and you buy them, and uh, I make money off of every sale, and I don't have to print any of them. But wait, so how did you get these covers made? This is incredible. So you can do, you can self-publish on Amazon. So I just self-published these books under a pseudonym and I don't, you you upload files and then they print it to you and you can order like, you know, author copies. So I'm going to make a bunch of videos and dumb like sketches with these like books. Wow. Uh, that one, is such a good idea. This one's called shit to talk about in therapy. Um, and I'm just, you know, I, and you, I can like, people can be like oh i want a book for i want you to make a book with my friend's face on it whatever you can do anything you want that's um, a great idea I but there's no overhead because i don't have to print any of them amazon prints yeah, it you buy it on amazon print. yeah that's incredible all right well how do they find them on amazon how do people find them on amazon so you can uh there's a link in my bio on social media uh but there it's called dumb journals that's the so the site's not up yet it's they're on Amazon. You can purchase them on Amazon. If you search how to live with a 12 inch penis, you can purchase it. They're all eight bucks. They're 232 pages, tons of room for a notebook. It looks um, like such a real book. I can't handle it. It's so funny. It's crazy. Right. And yep. listen, I, I don't know who this guy is, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I just purchased the Getty image, but 
Um, yeah, they're called Dumb Journals. You can find them on Amazon, and this site will be up uh, probably in the next week or two. Wow, that's incredible. All right, well, yeah, definitely check that out. Go see Ari at Stand Up New York on Friday um, if you can, and then uh, follow his social media. He's got great videos he puts out, uh, a lot of good content and stuff like that. Um, you can follow Patreon, patreon.com slash holdmybread. I'm on Instagram at MattBackerSucks. Keep donating to our Patreon. Get uh, your friends to join our Patreon so I can get another blanket. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, it. Thank- uh, uh, blanket. A sheet's not a blanket. Uh, hashtag sheet's a blanket. Uh, thank you for listening. Goodbye.